Hi, this is Peter Schwartz, public address announcer for the Cosmos, and you're listening to the First Team Podcast. With your host, John Frashante. Cosmos Country, welcome back. On this episode, we're going to review another comeback victory for our New York Cosmos. They beat Puerto Rico FC for the first time at Puerto Rico, 2-1. to one. Then we are going to look ahead to a clash at home against the Carolina Railhawks. Jason Santiago of the Off the Rails podcast joins the show to talk about everything going on in Carolina and then towards the end of the show, we will discuss some stadium news. No, not a bid accepted or rejected, a short-term stadium. There were some rumors that we will sort of discuss and, and, and touch on because I was so shocked to see some news come out, and we will discuss it later on in the show. But first off, let's talk about the Puerto Rico match. I was so excited to see the Cosmos go to Puerto Rico and see what type of response there was in Puerto Rico, what type of fan base there was. At Puerto Rico, they drew 4,208. That's not a big fan base for the Cosmos coming to town, but I accept it. Like We had the Puerto Rico FC president come on the show last week, and he said that... uh, he expected the team to be further along. He expected a lot more to happen this season. They they, they just moved into their offices, so I fully understand uh, things are going on. They said that they have a crisis, and they are trying to make the tickets affordable, but I would expect it to be a lot more people, but it doesn't matter about that. On the field, the Cosmos gave up a goal in the 28th minute. Ramirez, a great through ball by Paula Mendez. Paula Mendez used to play for the New York Cosmos. And the Cosmos go down one nothing. And right when they scored a goal, I was like, what else can go wrong? We're on the road. And, and, and each week, we talk about their road performances. They're not good. In the first half, I understand that they're on the road, but in the first half, you shouldn't give up that many goals. At home, against the Rowdies, they give up two goals in the first half. Luckily, the Cosmos were able to come back. At Puerto Rico, okay, we gave up one goal, but it was great that they could fight back and get the victory. That's all you ask for, for you, from your team. So in the second 
in the 62nd minute, Haro Arrieta scores a crazy goal. I never saw a goal like this before. Uh, probably a lot of people say that about most of the goals you see. Uh, but this is a goal that I will never forget because David Meves, the uh, Puerto Rico FC goalkeeper, tr- tried to come out and just sort of hit it away and try to clear it. And he d- didn't do a good job. And Arietta sort of got hit in the head and just headed it in the back of the net. So it was a crazy goal, but who cares? It gives the Cosmos the equalizing goal, and it just shows you that it doesn't matter when you score, you can still make a comeback. It was great that they scored early, 62nd minute. They had so much time to score that winning goal. Was it going to come? Yes, it did. It came in the 91st minute from Andres Flores. He was our hero for uh, the second match in a row. Last week, David Deose was the hero for that night. Andres Flores is the hero against Puerto Rico. And the Cardiac Cosmos are back once again for the, the, the third time so far this season. And I'm here to say that I don't want to see the Cosmos fight back every single week. And some listeners might say, well, John, would you rather see them lose the game instead of coming back and trying to get the three points? No, I want to see my team on each day, whenever they play, home or away, I want to see them have the same performance. It doesn't matter where you're playing. I want to see them try to dominate. And I know on the road that you sort of can't dominate the match against Puerto Rico. We just didn't see that at all. But I want to see the Cosmos to not struggle on the road. And that starts with not giving up a lot of goals, defending well, and making a a great comeback. So I really do want to see them uh, not giving up a lot of goals and I, I just don't want to see the cardiac cosmos phrase so far this season. I don't want to see it anymore. It was great that we saw it happen in the past three matches, but I, I want to see them play well from the first minute and they struggle throughout the whole match on the road. We were lucky that we got this victory. We were. Puerto Rico FC had so many chances. The Cosmos had so many chances in the first half as well. Couldn't capitalize. In the box, the Cosmos were still trying to pass the ball. We're still trying to be like Barcelona in front of the net. When the Cosmos have a great chance in front of goal, they should shoot the ball. What are you sitting there and passing the ball and trying to lob it over and trying to get the perfect goal. It doesn't matter how perfect it is. A goal is a goal. It, I don't care how it's scored. If it's the worst goal in, in, in history, it's a goal. And that's what I saw against Puerto Rico. 
and just moving on, it, it was three points. We have to move. We have to move on from it and come home and play the Carolina Railhawks. The Railhawks in the, in the beginning of the spring season, they were top of the table, and that's how the NASL is. You can have a great couple of weeks. You can be top of the table. You could be going undefeated. You could be doing well, and then out of nowhere. That's taken from you. You're not undefeated anymore, or you're not top of the table. And that's what happened to the Carolina Railhawks. They're no longer top of the table. They're doing okay. They're sort of where I think a lot a lot of supporters sort of saw them to be. They're in eighth place. They play ten games and they are in and they have eleven points. Doing okay. They're they're not overperforming. But I think the goal for the Railhawks is to make it into the fourth seed. To just get right in there, just sneak right in if they could, and get that fourth slot. They have a a new owner, Steve Malik, and we talked about this in depth with Jason Santiago from off. The rails, a great conversation we had. Because I think a lot of supporters watch the matches, but they don't really know too much about what's going on on the ground in Carolina. So let's get Jason's point of view, what he thinks is going to happen at the weekend. I will come back and we will talk about the Cosmos point of view, how I think the match is going to pan out, and my keys to the match. So here is Jason Santiago. I'm joined by Jason Santiago, host of the Off the Rails podcast, a Railhawk supported podcast. How are you tonight, Jason? Doing fantastic. I cannot really complain about the past week that we just had. So in pretty good spirits. Yeah, so uh, before the start of the season, you were so optimistic. In, in the spring season, the Railhawks were top of the table. They were doing good. You just kept saying that you guys were going to uh, not win the league, but you were just so optimistic. And that's what I like about you, Jason. Uh, but can you talk about the fall season so far for your Carolina Railhawks? Yeah, the fall season so far has been pretty average, I guess. But I think at this point we have three wins, three draws, three losses. So it is what it is. Changes that we've had a chance to experience was picking up Omar Bravo from Chivas Guadalajara. And he's, I think he's scored like the past three or four matches in a row now. And Matt Fondy, who we plucked off of or bought off of uh, Jacksonville Armada. And he's also on a, a like four or so game uh, scoring streak. So the resurgence of offense has been fantastic. We're playing a new formation that features two forwards. The biggest issue that we're still having is, you know, a little bit of bad luck once in a while, but our defense is still having a lot of turnover with uh, Pete with moving pieces. Some guys getting hurt, some guys on suspensions. We were without Connor Tobin for like a, a little over a month. Um, so I think the defense still has some figuring out to do to be more consistent. Offense-wise, it's in the best spot it's been all 2016. Can you you talk about what the signing of Omar Bravo meant for the Railhawks? Did you see some more supporters coming to the stadium? Uh, did they bring in uh, some more fans that didn't know about the Railhawks, but they are fans of Omar Bravo? 
sure. Three points to make on that. First of all, current fans, existing it restored our faith. In ownership, opening up the pocketbook, this is not a kind of signing we would have ever seen before under previous ownership, which we had one of the lowest payrolls in NASL in past years. I mean, not that we have, you know, crazy, outstanding payroll. We don't have a Cosmos payroll, uh, put it that way. Um, but it restored a lot of faith in the current fan base that we were going to really invest in winning and winning now. Now, that's one note. The second thing and you were alluding to it, new fans. Yes, I think that it's brought in a lot of new fans to the stadium. You look at the contingency of fans in the stands now, you see a lot of uh, Mexican, Liga MX uh, jerseys in the stands, and they are there to see Omar Bravo, a Liga MX lead led to Guadalajara as the number one all-time goal scorer for their club. So you definitely see a lot of Chivas uh, jerseys in the crowd, um, but let's just say there's a lot more um, diversity in the Real Ox fans these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's definitely been a big positive in terms of fan attendance. It sounds great. The one thing that they're still trying to work out, though, as we all know that sometimes south, south of the border there might be a couple of um, unsportsmanlike things happening in stands, maybe with yeah, some mm-hmm. things that they say more specifically – what happens when goalies are about to take a goal kick and the little thing that they yell at. And I know there's a big push in NSL and the United States across the board trying to eliminate that particular yell or chant at stadiums. But it has been louder than I've ever heard it before in the past couple of weeks. Uh, and I think a large part of that is the new fans coming in. Um, but anyways, the third thing I wanted to share was on the field. I think we've restored our never-give-up attitude on the field because I think uh, swagger-wise, the team knows we can score, and we can score with any team. It's just a matter of being disciplined and putting a full game together. But you can see in the players' eyes, there's a different spark now. We can play with anybody and score with anybody. And we proved that this past week with our win over Indy. And with the Cosmos, we saw they signed Raul, and we had fans here that were Raul fans. They weren't Cosmos fans. They were here to see Raul and see what he brought to the team. With that in mind, are you worried that these Omar Bravo fans are just his fans and just fans of what he did in his career? And once he's gone, they won't support the Railhawks for the future? Or do you think they're long-term Railhawks fans? I think that our atmosphere is pretty addictive. I really do. I think we have a beautiful stadium, beautiful facility. I'm sure there are going to be a percentage of fans that, because technically I think Omar Bravo is quote-unquote on loan from Chivas Guadalajara. Um, I'm pretty positive that he is. So whenever his time with the Hawks is actually done, hopefully we're able to earn a lot of fans to stay with us. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that we had Nacho Novo last year that brought in a lot of fans just to see Nacho Novo. So whether it's an Novo, whether it's an Omar Bravo, I think it's important to have one of those marquee guys every year that fans are going to see that, that guy. Because when you have, like this past week, we had over 6,000 uh, people for a regular season game. That's one of, not the highest, but one of the highest I've seen for a regular season. Uh, so, again, happy with that. I'm not going to honestly complain as long as every year we have one of those marquee guys that can draw fans, just even even if just to see that one specific player, it makes the stadium look great. 
Let's talk about your new owner, or he's not new anymore. Uh, he's in his first season, Steve Malik, who is a local owner. That sort of talk to our listeners that follow the Cosmos, but look towards the Railhawks whenever we play them. Just try to explain to them what he has been doing uh, within the local community and some changes that he has done with the Railhawks. Yeah, the biggest thing you can say about having a local owner is that hopefully what you wish he's going to understand what the local fans want. And I think Stephen Malik, he gets it. He knows he's not a soccer guy. He's not trying to be the Jerry Jones of, uh, of the NASL and NRT. He's uh, Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm crossing too many sports lines there. But anyways, uh, he's letting the soccer people, what the organization, make soccer decisions. But he is very much willing to invest in the club. I mean, we paid a lot of money for Matt Fondi, um, as well as Omar Bravo. So he's definitely going to make the investment based off the recommendations of his front office. You look around the state, though, he's done so much to improve the fan experience. I mean, this past week with uh, the um, uh, (laughs) fan organization, uh, Oak City Supporters, I'm sorry, Oak City Supporters, He's allowing us to do so much during tailgating, and so much of it is not necessarily endorsing finances, but allowing us to do a lot of crazy things out there. We had our Beer Olympics this past week right outside the stadium. And again, fully endorsed by him, even, even promoted by the club. Um, so we could not be happier with what our ownership is doing for the team itself, but allowing our fans to experience everything that are really Honestly, we want within limitations, of course, but he's really letting us have a lot of freedom to support our club. Can you explain to our listeners what the Beer Olympics is? To uh, oh yeah, it yeah. was uh, <laughs> it was great. It was so much fun. Obviously, the actual Olympics just uh, finished up, so the Beer Olympics consisted of beer pong, which is always a classic, both cup, another classic. We had soccer pong, which imagine like beer pong, but with trash cans and a soccer ball. Mm. And no, we're not drinking a trash can full of beer or anything like that. Uh, you still have, you know, your regular can of beer in, in hand. But it's like chipping a ball into uh, into trash cans um, that, that are weighted down. Uh, let's see, what else did we have? Um, there was supposed to be a three-legged race. I don't think that actually happened. Oh, there was a shotgun contest. And the last event, the whole Beer Olympics, was a six-versus-six uh, flip cup contest. Now, the reason why 6 vs. 6 is that there were actually a lot of indie fans that came down to check out the game, and then we invited to partake in our Beer Olympics. So the bad news is that the Indy 11 fans won uh, gold in almost every single event, unfortunately. And I got, I think I lost the first round of every event except for uh, uh, soccer pong. I made it to the second round. Um, but the very last event was 6 vs. 6, 6 Royal Hawks fans versus 6 Indy 11 fans, and we did win that. Uh, which was uh, at least something just to write home about. Um, but the the best competition of the year, I'm um, sorry, not the year, the, of, of the uh, of the weekend, our Royal Hogs boys took care of business on the field. At the end of the day, that's where we're, they're all to be. Um, Beer Olympics, though, was a lot of fun. It was a great idea. So let's just finish talking about Steve Malik. What ha- has he done for the club off the field, like sponsor-wise and promoting the club within the local community? Um, probably not knowledgeable enough to know every single sponsor that, that he's brought on. Um, but I, I suppose the biggest one being our local media market, WRAL, has had more presence than I've ever seen before. I mean, if, if you're, those of you listening, big podcast followers, 
we have Neil Morris, who's employed by WRAL, um, has a professional uh, podcast. So I know John and I, we're, we're the, uh, the amateurs just trying to, uh, you know, slug it around and doing okay. Um, but you actually have true professionals of what they do with uh, being a voice of a team. Uh, and you can follow the Inverted Podcast. Um, the, yeah, I think it's Inverted Podcast by Neil Morris. It's, it's true professional quality. Um, but I, I think having that kind of precedence both uh, on TV, every single Red Hawk expansion is on TV, on the radio, um, you have Neil Morris doing professional podcasts. So, I mean, all around, I mean, even listening to my regular sports radio, just every day, every other hour kind of thing, they're talking about Red Hawks during every single commercial break. So they're really reaching out to the sports fans in the community, and I think it's truly big time paying off. The one other huge partnership, not necessarily uh, sponsorship, but partnership, is the state of North Carolina, specifically this triangle area, has one of the largest and most successful youth league soccer uh, programs. It's Castle, uh, Capital Area Soccer League. And the partnership that we have with them is outstanding, giving away a lot of free tickets, discounted tickets to those kids. So it's growing the game at the grassroots level with the kids that actually play the game. And that relationship is incredibly healthy. Uh, so, again, those, those are the big notes uh, make on that. That's uh, bring the conversation towards Cosmos Railhawks at the weekend. Uh, it's going to be very exciting. What are your thoughts going into the match since you uh, beat Indy 11? Yeah, well, confidence-wise, it was a really nice boost. We proved to ourselves that despite inconsistent results over the past month or so, that we do have it in us to put a game together. And with the right breaks, we can play with anybody. Now, the downside is that we're going to New York. And even though Hofstra itself is the most intimidating uh, spot to play, the team that we have to play against feels incredibly uh, comfortable at, at, at Hofstra at home. You guys, if I correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think you guys have lost all year at home. I think just one draw to Rayo. Uh, but outside of that, I think you have a clean, clean slate at home. Is that right, John? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a uh, big, uh, I'm not going to say impossible mountain to climb, this hasn't been climbed yet. Uh, will our Red Hawks boys be the first ones to do it? I think we have the offense to hang with you guys. Those of you guys are pretty notorious for shutting down uh, opposing offenses at home. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But I think, I feel in my gut that you're going to get a Red Hawks team that's not representative of the what you've seen this fall so far, but a team that's playing with the highest level of confidence that we've had all fall season after taking a pretty bad punch in the mouth in the spring after uh, what the first half of the spring season. So I think we're rebounding at the right time, about to go into the final third of the season. If we're really trying to make that push for the fourth spot in the playoffs, it needs to start soon. And, I mean, I'm a Red Hawks fan. I'm going to hope it starts this weekend. Well, uh, you guys should be optimistic. The Rowdies came to Hofstra and they scored two goals in the first half, so that got me a bit uh, a bit out of my seat and uh, sort of upset. Uh, and Ray OKC, they scored first as well. So if if the Redhawks do come to Hofstra and score first and pressure uh, the Cosmos, then I think you, you will have a better chance. I'm hoping you guys don't beat us. Uh, but uh, what is your score prediction for the match? Uh, score prediction? Well, considering that we're actually finding the back of the net, yet we haven't had a shutout in, oh my gosh, who knows how long. Um, 
you know what? I think a 2-2 draw would be fair, considering that I feel like half our matches are end up being 2-2 draws. But considering it's on the road, mm, I think final prediction, Earl Hawks 2-1. <laughs> and your title push just starts with beating the teams in front of you in the table. So uh, the first person in front of you is the Cosmos. So, uh, Jason, just tell the, the listeners where they can listen to you a bit more, hear a little bit more about the Rowhawks, and where they can follow you on Twitter. Sure. Well, outside of allowing me to grace your podcast presence whenever you play at Rowhawks, um, you can find my podcast if you'll go to iTunes and look up Off the Rails Podcast hosted by me, and um, you can find me on Twitter, Jason NTSU. You can find me on SoundCloud if you look up Jason uh, NTSU. And I'll also throw up my podcast on Reddit. Again, just look for my post on the ASL subreddit, and um, I post on NTSU. So from Carolina, um, we definitely would appreciate any of you Cosmos listeners, and look forward to fun game this week. Thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And uh, everyone, go listen to uh, Off The Rails podcast. Thanks to Jason Santiago for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Go listen to his podcast, Off The Rails podcast. Uh, a great pod about the Railhawks. Moving on, it's great to hear that the Railhawks are making improvements with their new owner. They were owned by Traffic USA. And Traffic wasn't doing a good job. They were not. But Steve Malik is giving them the funds and is not really around the soccer business, is not making the soccer decisions. He has those people hired, but he knows how to run a business, and he's a local guy, and that's what I really like. And there's always this discussion of what would you rather have? Would you rather have a foreign owner, a guy that probably has a lot of money, more than that local owner, but doesn't know a lot about that market? Or would you rather have a local guy that doesn't have a lot of money but has enough to keep you guys around and you can buy some decent players and that star player here and there? Like the Red Hawks, they bought Omar Bravo. They're able to do that because they have some cash to, to throw around on a player or two. That's the debate most of the time. But Steve Malik, congrats to him for doing great things with the Rail Hawks. It doesn't matter if they make the playoffs or not this season, in my opinion. If you're a Rail Hawks fan, you want to see them make the playoffs. But this is a successful year, no, no matter what they do, because they have a great guidance of Steve Malik. But at the weekend, it's going to be a big, big match. Over the past couple of seasons... Cosmos Railhawks has been maybe one of the most exciting matches to watch each season. I remember, I don't know if it was two years ago, but I remember the Cosmos went to Wakeman Soccer Park. I remember there were so many red cards. There were so many fouls, so many bookings. It was a mess of a match. I'm hoping we're not going to see that this year, but it's going to be a very, very exciting match. Uh, my keys to the match is... The Cosmos need to dominate this match. We're playing home, and we need to show them why we're great at home. We need to dominate the play, score first. That's very important because if we score first, then it's an uphill battle for the Railhawks. And we need to be a great defensive side as well. Over the past couple of weeks, we're not. 
especially against the Rowdies. The Rowdies came and scored two goals. Ray OKC scored first, and we finished the match with a draw. So I don't want to see that. The Cosmos need to win this match. The Cosmos currently sit in second place in the fall season table with 20 points. FC Edmonton, FC Edmonton, first place in the fall with 22 points. Could see FC Edmonton winning the fall season, which I don't want to see it happen, but it could happen if the Cosmos don't do well on the road. Uh, it's going to be a very, very intense match this weekend. Uh, I'm hoping, and Geo has gone with different formations, different lineups each week. I'm hoping we see a back four of Ayose, Hunter Freeman. And I don't know if we're going to see Hunter Freeman play as a center back or as a right back because Jimmy Mulligan has been playing as a right back or that he's, that is his position. So we'll most likely see Iose, Carlos Menez for sure probably, David O'Chang or Hunter Freeman, and Jimmy Mulligan. If he goes with a, usually he goes with a 4-1-4-1. That will be a very exciting uh, formation if he goes with that. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, the defense is always the hardest one to pick because uh, Mendez usually gets rested and so on. So it's going to be a very, very exciting uh, matchup. I can't wait for it. I'm predicting 2-1 Cosmos victory. I just can't see us like knocking them out of the park. I can't see that happening. The Railhawks are not the best team in the league because Indy 11, they beat them 4 nothing. I think it was, on the last match day in the spring season to win the spring season. And their fans went mental, if we can recall that. I know we don't want to recall it, but we have to because Indy 11 scored four goals against them. There's no reason why the Cosmos can't do that. That's why I think the Cosmos are going to win, but I just can't see us winning by that big of a margin because of... Uh, just how the Cosmos play. Like I said, Rowdies came in, scored two goals. I never expected that to happen, but it happened. And the Cosmos came back, fought hard, and just couldn't lose at home. And that's what the Cosmos have to do is come out, dominate the match, and play hard. And show the Railhawks why we are one of the best teams in the NASL. Moving on to around the league. I'm recording this as of Wednesday night, August 24th. Ottawa, Miami just finished nil-nil. That match was on One World Sports. Uh, not a very exciting match, just a, a boring nil-nil draw. Uh, at the weekend, we have the Tampa Bay Rowdies Radio OKC. This match is on being sports at 7.30 p.m. I'm going to go with a Rowdies victory 2-0. Miami, Minnesota United. ESPN three eight p.m. kickoff. I'm gonna go with a. I'm gonna go with a draw here, a two-two draw. I'm gonna see some goals in that match. Uh, on Sunday, we have two matches. We have Ottawa Fury in the eleven. Another exciting matchup. I want to go with a Indy two nothing victory. Indy is looking really good this season, uh, which I wish they weren't. But this is a, a unbiased uh, section of the show. And last match of the weekend, FC Edmonton, Puerto Rico FC. Another exciting matchup. FC Edmonton, like I said, first place in the fall season. I would think they want to continue winning and they want to go further up the table. 
Uh, so I'm going to predict uh, a draw here, 1-1 draw. Puerto Rico has some talented players, has some league experience, so I can't see FC Edmonton really uh, knocking them out of the park uh, on Sunday. Uh, so a very exciting weekend of NASL action. Let's move on. We usually have a discussion topic to talk about. Uh, over the past couple of weeks, we j- would just talk about the the hottest news surrounding the New York Cosmos. This week, I was scrolling up and down Twitter, and I saw this report from Metro Soccer Nation, and they tweeted something like, Source, New York Cosmos to move to Brooklyn next year. And when I read that, I, I was so shocked because... None of the bigger outlets that cover the Cosmos and cover New York soccer, they didn't report it. And I'm not putting down Metro Soccer Nation. I'm just trying to say I never expected this sort of rumor or announcement or however you want to put it to come from that outlet. Throughout this article, they're saying that Metro Soccer Nation has exclusively learned that the New York Cosmos Soccer Club will likely be moving their home matches out of Hofstra Short Stadium. We knew that already. They go on to say that according to a person with the negotiations, the Brooklyn Cyclones Baseball Stadium on Coney Island, MCU Park is the favorite venue to land the story club. Again, that's something that a lot of supporters wanted to see. And for me, that's the only option that I can see happening for next season. But what makes this article a bit weird is that they're saying, and I'm quoting this article, saying that a New York Cosmos spokesperson confirmed that the club is investigating other venues. The club is looking at a number of options for the the 2017 season. As of now, none have been confirmed. According to their source, I don't know who their source is, most likely someone within the organization. If they're negotiating with the Cyclones for MCU Park, for that to be their venue for 2017, why are they investigating other venues? Eric Silver has said that MCU Park is not the best because of the two different types of turf and things like that. So is that possible? Is MCU Park really going to be the home for next season? And then right after they released that, Michael Lewis, one of the regulars that covered the Cosmos of Big Apple of Soccer, he came out and wrote an article, which I expected this to come out sometime soon. And he titled this, No Decision Yet, the Cosmos Deny Report That They Will Likely Leave Hofstra and Move to MCU Park. This was going to happen. The Cosmos were going to come out and deny this. The only way we're going to hear about this is from the Cosmos. That's when we're going to hear this officially. Maybe some other outlet is going to maybe know some inside negotiations or dealings or a venue that they are looking at. But this is a big move for the New York Cosmos. I don't think people really understand what this move means for the club. It's not just moving homes. It's not just saying, okay, we're, we're not going to play at Hofstra next season. We're going to play at MCU Park or, say, Mitchell Field, wherever they pick. This move could either make or break the Cosmos as an organization. If the move is successful, then they can grow. They can grow to a different fan base. They can bring different people to the stadium. Playing at MCU Park, you have better transportation, a better way to get there. More people can get there, and it's not hard to get there. 
there's more things to do around the stadium at MCU Park. You're in Coney Island. You're right near the beach. So there's different elements to playing at MCU Park than there would be to play at Hofstra for next season. And like I said, the Cosmos came out and denied this uh, this rumor. And that's all it is. Everett Stover came out and said that we are looking at a few options for 2017 and beyond, but we hadn't made any decisions yet. MCU is is an issue with the field, and this is what he said earlier this year. There were complaints about the games that were played there, but the different colored turfs, but the baseball infield and the green outfield until we find a suitable temporary field like they have in Oklahoma. MCU is not an option. Eric Stover has said that they're most likely going to use that next field surface that Radio OKC uses. So it doesn't matter if they go to MCU Park, they're going to have to implement that next field surface. If the Cyclones would allow that, then I think MCU Park would be a great home. Jesus on Twitter said, MCU Park, no question about it. And there are some supporters that really like Brooklyn that really think it is going to be a great home for the Cosmos. And I do understand that, but I think you have to think about if they move to Brooklyn, okay, maybe it's great for the first year or two or three years, but what's the goal for the future? And we talked about this. No matter where the Cosmos move to, this move has to uh, help their future somehow. If they move to Brooklyn, then that has to mean that they're going to build a stadium in Brooklyn. The Brooklyn Borough President said that he wants a soccer-specific stadium. So if the Cosmos move to MCU Park, then there has to be talks with the Brooklyn Borough President. I wrote a three-piece series about where I think the Cosmos should play next season. Number one was Mitchell Field. Number two was MCU Park because it seems like the most favorite place to, to play at. And number three was in Staten Island at Richmond County being ballpark, home of the Sound Island Yankees. And I got so much stick for that, but it could be a great home for the short term. But you have to think of that home and how it can help the future. Where could they go to play at in the future? Can they own their own stadium? Where can they build their own stadium? Is it possible? Do people want them there? Is it going to take five to ten years to build a stadium? How long is it going to take to get improved? These are all questions that the Cosmos are probably uh, trying to answer or trying to ask people. And it's going to take time. I never expected the answer or some news to come out in August. I never expected that. It's most likely going to come before the end of the season. For sure. It can't come earlier. It can't. Uh, So with that in mind... I'm just going to end the show here. We have a couple of housekeeping news uh, to throw out there. We're reaching our two-year anniversary. I want to thank everyone for listening to to the show throughout the two years. We will have a two-year anniversary show. You can tweet us at One Team Pod with your ideas for the show. Who do you want to hear on the show? What do you uh, want to hear? Who do you want to hear? A former Cosmos player, a current Cosmos player, someone that is sort of linked with the Cosmos but doesn't work for the club or or is not involved with the club in any shape or form or but supports the club. Uh, so you can tweet us at One Team Pod with your suggestions, and we will try to make those happen uh, if we could. Thank you, everyone, once again for tuning into the show. 
Uh, you can check out our website, firstteampod.com, blog, podcast, all our latest shows, shop, and so much more. Lastly, just a small plug with our two-year anniversary. Since we reached two years doing the show, we need your help to grow as a uh, as a media outlet, if you will. Uh, we need your help. And just log on to the site, firstteampod.com, and, there, and there's a tab on the site that says we need your help. So click on that, learn more of how you can help us out, uh, and I will really appreciate that. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. My name is John Richon. Thanks for tuning out. As always, let's go New York Cosmos. Yeah, just want to give a shout-out to the five points. The Borough Boys of Benadol Cosmos and the Cross Island yeah. crew. Uh, yeah, it's New York's green and white. What we believe you see in fight. Indeed, it seems to be achieving. See, we do and did it right. Cosmo country loving, we above them. I'm just saying. All those lovely songs come and see it in our playing. The fact of it is the rap from the state attacks, passion bliss. Reacts, tap, we win. So fast, we're racking them in. Whether it's stacking the wing, going back to stand through the mid, cutting the seams. It seems we see anything to be. We got a ball and a dream. Got a ball and a dream. We do. I'm new, it's true. Effects you grow down for you, no doubt they do. Surrounding you about the views. Like shouting cues allowed to you without the dudes. Around my crews, I'll track the past, no excuse. Each session and lesson is not about perfection. The work's the test and F's connected like a method. Not breathless at the training, something's gotta be corrected. Progression and acceleration at the start's most suggested. Infected with greatness, potential is spacious. Out the world, just face it. The work becomes contagious. Some may say we made it, but now we've just begun. Sorry if you hate it, because I can tell you that I'm far from done.